this is a life or death matter, what I'm about to talk to you about. And that might sound kind of weird, like, what do you mean a life or death matter? We're, during a, we're in the midst of a global, dead, global pandemic. We have 91,000 people who have died, so we've already been in a life and death matter. Correct. But the, how we are going to get out, uh, how we are going to finally, you know, what do they say, uh, bend the curve or whatever, is if people have accurate information and data. If people know what the true uh, numbers of positive cases are for coronavirus state to state. Now, we always tell you here at Status Coup, the government is corrupt. Don't trust the government. Uh, you know, certain things the government says, I, I, I trust. But most, particularly from intelligence agencies, I do not. But what's really scary is if you can't trust the numbers and the information coming out from your governors and your state officials, how are you supposed to make educated decisions for yourself, for your children, on whether you should leave your home, whether you should go back to work, those kinds of things. So this came uh, recently. Georgia's Department of Health under fire for errors in coronavirus data. The State Department of Public Health has made several errors that show larger declines in cases. Remember, uh, there's been kind of talk uh, and kind of these, you know, open the economy back up, uh, I, I don't know what you would call them, protesters. So the, the pro, like the, the Trump people, the Fox people, the right-wingers are saying, well, liberals, stop huffing and puffing over, of, over reopening the economy. Look at Georgia. They're reopening the state, and their cases are going down, which seemed odd to me because how are cases going down if the pandemic is still rapid countrywide and Georgia, frankly, was late in even shutting down the state? Georgia... The governor was opening beaches prematurely while the pandemic still had a huge amount of cases in Georgia. So it seemed kind of odd to me. Well, how are cases rapidly going down as they're reopening the economy? You would think you'd see cases go up because I've been warning you and other, I'm not a public health expert, but other public health experts have been warning, don't just jump to reopen the economy. You have to reopen the economy slowly and safely. But these right-wingers and some Democratic governors too Public health be damned. Life be damned. Saving lives be damned. We've got to reopen the economy. Well, it now comes out Georgia's Department of Health has been underreporting or misreporting or miscalculating the true number of coronavirus cases. Uh, Brian Kemp, the governor who stole the election, I'm not, you know, Stacey Abrams is a dime a dozen neoliberal to me. But she did, she did win. I mean, that's the truth. She should be governor of Georgia, whether I agree with her or not. So we already know Brian Kemp, shady guy, massive voter suppression in Georgia. He was secretary of state while running for governor and used his office as secretary of state to help purge hundreds of thousands of voters off the rolls in Georgia. So this is from uh, The Hill here. The Georgia Department of Public Health has apologized for a recent error. Yeah, error in its official coronavirus database data. 
WAB reports that a data processing error mistakenly showed a decline in the number of coronavirus cases during the weekend. The DPH had mistakenly included 231 antibody tests among the positive cases. Unlike explicitly positive test results for the virus, coronavirus antibody tests measure whether or not a patient has been exposed to the virus or has had the virus in the past. Huh. Because these test results are considered probable and were included in confirmed totals, the overall case count showed larger drops between reporting periods, reflecting a false decline in case numbers statewide. Local outlets point out that this is the second time the DPH, Department of Public Health, has made an error in their coronavirus reporting data. Last week, department officials released a graph online meant to model the coronavirus case trends, which due to how the axes were labeled, axes were labeled, showed misleading declines in case count. The state health department told WABE reporters via email that coronavirus test results are sent to them through the electronic laboratory reporting system in the state electronic notifiable disease surveillance system. Say that 10 times fast. Through this software, the DPH is receiving data from 127 healthcare facilities and labs. Despite the public acknowledgement from DPH officials, some are concerned the data is intentionally being manipulated to look better as a way to justify Governor Brian Kemp's decision to reopen the economy. Quote, I have a hard time understanding how this happens without it being deliberate. State Representative Jasmine Clark, formerly a microbiologist, told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, literally nowhere ever in any type of statistics would that be acceptable. A spokesperson for Kemp said the office of the governor does not have a hand in selecting what data is published. Oh, of course. Because as always, when the government gets caught, it's throw the other department under the bus. So, first of all, if you don't live in Georgia, trust me, this should be important to you. Let me explain why this should be important to you. As Jen and I have reported uh, for Status Quo, I reported it uh, while at the Young Turks, governments all the time, state governments, local governments, basically manipulate data for various purposes. And they already manipulate data, as I have discovered over years. Jen has helped me report this uh, when it comes to water. Remember that story we broke in 2018 that the Michigan State Health Department, excuse me, the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality was basically cooking the data in Flint. They were going into residents' homes. They were flushing their water lines right before testing to get a lower lead number so that the governor, Rick Snyder at the time, could, voila, Flint's lead levels are, are meeting EPA regulations. Mission accomplished in Flint. The water's fine. We're shutting down these water stations. Poor black, poor white people, you're on your own. That was with manipulated data that we broke by going around the country, excuse me, by going around Flint uh, all summer and some of the fall and knocking on doors. That's how we found it out. What's, we already have evidence that it's not just Michigan. Uh, they've done this in Philadelphia. They've done this in um, Wisconsin. 
Water departments all over the country have manipulated data, which when you're manipulating water data, you're jeopardizing people's public health. You're jeopardizing people's public health by giving them a false sense of security. I've met people that it showed up no lead, no lead in their water because the test was manipulated and now they're very sick, cancer sick. Who knows how much lead was in their water because it was tested the wrong way. So why I bring this up is we already knew, we already know state governments and city governments are willing to cook the books. But during a deadly pandemic, I would like to think that Republican governors or Democratic governors, but in this case, Republican governors would not cook the data to help them save face from originally very high case count. Remember, Brian Kemp in Georgia didn't shut down the state when he should have. He, he delayed, he delayed, he delayed. Even as the cases were skyrocketing, he allowed beaches to open. You'd have to be a really sick, evil, twisted mother boop. Trying not to get demonetized. We'll see how long that lasts. You'd have to be sick to knowingly have your health department and spare me. Oh, the governor doesn't have anything to do with what the health department is doing. Of course, the governor, the health department carries out what the governor wants. So, okay, benefit of the doubt, could this be an error, an error that showed a declining case count of COVID in Georgia? Well, then I uh, looked the state, you know, across the border, across the Georgia border. Let's go to Florida. Florida scientist was fired for refusing to manipulate COVID-19 data. The scientist who created Florida's COVID-19 data portal wasn't just removed from her position on May 5th. She was fired on Monday by the Department of Health, she said, for refusing to manipulate data. Rebecca Jones said in an email to the USA Today Network that she single-handedly created two applications in two languages, four dashboards, six unique maps with layers of data functionality for 32 variables covering a half, covering a half a million lines of data. Her objective was to create a way for Floridians and researchers to see what the COVID-19 situation was in real time. Then she was dismissed. Quote, I worked on it alone 16 hours a day for two months, most of which I was never paid for. And now that this has happened, I'll probably never get paid for. She wrote in an email confirming that she had just, that she had not just been reassigned on May 5th, but fired from her job as a geographic information systems manager for the Florida Department of Health. After USA Today Network first reported Jones' removal from her position, in charge of the Florida COVID-19 data and surveillance dashboards. She confirmed, as reported by CBS 12 in West Palm Beach, that she was fired because she was ordered to censor some data, but refused to manually change data to drum up support for the plan to reopen. And there we have it, folks. Beginning to see a pattern, in this case, two red states. In this case, two states. Pretty critical for Trump to get reelected. Georgia, I mean, 
it's I, I it certainly traditionally is a Republican state, a big Republican state. But, you know, it has been trending slightly uh, towards uh, towards the Democratic direction. And it has uh, in recent years, you know, become closer. Uh, the fact that Stacey Abrams even came close in Georgia, she got more votes than any other Democrat previously has. I don't agree with her politics. I mean, she's on the board of the Center for American Progress. Do I have to say anything else? I don't think she'd be a good vice presidential pick because she's not really progressive. I know it's not PC to say that because she's an African-American woman, but policy is policy. She ain't for Medicare for all. She ain't for a Green New Deal, and I'm not for her. But the truth is the truth. She, she did win the governorship. It was stolen from her. And she got more votes than any Democrat had in that state. So some polls are showing Biden and Trump basically a toss-up in Georgia. So Trump, both in Georgia and Florida. Remember, Trump won Florida, I think, by a point, one point in 2016. Uh, some polls have showed uh, him not doing as hot among older voters. Florida, you know, land of the seniors, land of the boomers. Trump, Florida, not a guarantee Trump will win. Georgia, not a guarantee Trump will win. Would probably negatively affect Trump in their economies if, if, those, if those two states stayed closed down longer or had more restrictive uh, reopenings, meaning were more restrictive like New York and New Jersey have been, uh, economic recovery, which we'll get into in a little bit because there's not going to be a real economic recovery for a very long time. And the recovery will, of course, go to the rich as you and I fight for the crumbs. But bottom line, if Trump doesn't reopen those economies and get some type of recovery in the air, he's at risk of losing two states that are that he's banking on winning and his road to 270 electoral votes. So all of a sudden, Georgia errors, just errors in mishandling, mishandling or, or miscomputing data, which uh, a state legislator who's a microbiologist said is nearly impossible to get these, 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 this data wrong. It rarely happens statistically to get this data wrong. And then you have a, basically a whistleblower in Florida saying, I, I did all this work. I was working night and day so that we could show Floridians real time uh, case numbers, increasing, decreasing, staying the same. She's told by the Florida Health Department, no. She's censored. She's told, uh, eh, change that number to that number. Manually change data to drum up support, she put it. She's demoted and now fired. All of this comes, all of this comes as Trump today announces he's going to basically try and deregulate his way out of this. Sound familiar? Trump's big plan is permanent deregulation. So let's just show a pattern here. Let's just show a pattern here. You have Donald Trump's ally in Georgia, Brian Kemp, his public health department, mishandling or, or errors with the data. You cross the border south, Florida. A whistleblower in the health department saying they basically tried to censor me. 
They've tried to get me to change numbers, to change the case count, to make it look like it's going down when it wasn't. Remember, Florida Governor Rick DeSantis, who ran as kind of a mini-me of Trump, remember that despicable ad where he has his kids playing with build-a-wall Lego sets? I mean, you can't make this up. What a sick, sick man. And DeSantis, by the way, has done some things decent. Uh, He's not been terrible on the environment from what my progressive friends in Florida tell me. But he was under a lot of of, uh, media spotlight because you saw those those views when the coronavirus pandemic began. The beaches were still open. Kids on spring break uh, during the pandemic, during the, the heat, the... Um, the beginning of the virus explosion. He didn't shut down the beaches, didn't shut down business until very, very late when the case count shot through the roof. Does anybody truly believe these are just, you know, errors, people working too many hours during the pandemic? Meanwhile, Trump is talking, we're going to deregulate our way out of this. President Trump has signed an executive order Tuesday to cut, quote, unnecessary regulations that impede economic recovery. The order calls for federal agencies to waive, suspend, or eliminate red tape as the nation recovers from the coronavirus pandemic. Regulations are going to be cut. Go to town. Do it right. Do it safe. Yeah, I'm sure that that's what he means. The goal is to boost the economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic shutdowns. but But Trump said he hoped any regulations waived at this time would be gone for good. Because with millions of Americans forced out of work by the virus, it's more important than ever to remove burdens that destroy American jobs. He didn't say what he really meant, which is destroy American jobs, even if we have to kill the people that work at these jobs to get me reelected. I mean, this is some dark, dark, sinister And I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, folks, to say Red state governors, red state Republicans, Trump allies are cooking the books. This capitalism death cult, cooking the data, fudging the data, lives be damned. I don't care if you're in Georgia. Hey, if we got to kill granny to get Trump reelected, so be it. In Georgia, if we got to kill every last one of you, we got to move this state to Trump. Because if Trump doesn't win Georgia, if he doesn't win Florida, it doesn't matter if Joe Biden is legally in a coma, he's going to win. Trump needs those southern states, particularly Georgia. He can't win if he doesn't have the reliable Republican states. Trump, you know, I don't have evidence, don't have evidence, but I find it convenient that, you know, it's known that Trump and Brian Kemp in Georgia are allies. It's known that Ron DeSantis and Trump are allies. Yet, why isn't this a bigger national scandal? If you can't rely on the nat, on the nat, on the, if you can't rely on the numbers, if you can't rely on the data that your elected leaders, in Brian Kemp's case, not actually elected because he stole it, if you can't rely on the numbers, how the hell are you supposed to know what to do? Now, most people don't have a choice. Most people are hanging by a thread economically. And it's either go back to work 
or lose your home. But we should at least have the accurate numbers, right? We should at least have the accurate numbers of states where cases are going up of COVID, states where cases are staying the same of COVID, and states where they're going down. Well, right now, according to data that Georgia and Florida are putting out there, Georgia is listed as one of the states where the cases are going down. Well, how do you trust that? How do you trust that if you've already had two errors that showed a false decline? Florida says cases are mostly the same. Well, if you have a whistleblower, I mean, she's a young woman. I, I, I don't know why she would lie. I don't know what reason she would have to lie. If she says they were trying to get me to cook the data, how do we know they're not cooking the data now? How do we know that Florida should be, is really in this, ca- in this case, cases increasing? And by the way, call me conspiratorial, how do we know that other states aren't doing this with Republican governors? Um, how do we know Texas says numbers are increasing? How do we know they're not increasing more than they're telling us? We already know. Remember, politicians lie, even if it means they're going to risk people's lives. Not just Republicans. I mean, this is sinister. Yet, Trump calling Pelosi corrupt, I mean, she is corrupt, but Trump calling Pelosi corrupt today with mental problems, that's what the media seems to be covering the most. Not the fact that it is now proven that two red states and, and, and to their credit, I mean, USA Today found this and uh, local Florida outlets found this. So there has been some media coverage, but oh my God. How is it that this isn't the leading story? Right now, we're having this march, this capitalist death march to reopening economies based on numbers, based on data that we're relying on the states to give us. Well, how is it Do we really think it's only two states that are doing this? Do we really think it's only two Republican states that are doing this? We don't think maybe Texas Governor Greg Abbott fishing around with those numbers? Christy Nome in South Dakota? You know, Christy Nome, so brave trying to get the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe to shut down its coronavirus checkpoint. The checkpoint that they have in their, on their road, I interviewed Chairman Frazier about it, to make sure that people don't drive through and come on their reservation who have coronavirus. She's trying to get them to shut down their checkpoint. She's a, another batch Republican. How do we know she's not cooking the numbers? 
And, and I'm not just trying to entertain you. This would be important for you to know wherever you live, whether you're watching in Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin. We've already seen that a deadly pandemic, uh, like everything else in the United Corporations of America, has been politicized, mainly because our media contributes to the politicization of everything. So this has now become a culture war. You have these Trump right-wing fanatics out there with no masks, not socially distancing, screaming, don't tread on me. I have the right to go kill myself by not wearing a mask and pack, I have a right to pack myself like sardines next to people not wearing a mask. Don't tread on me as I kill myself during a deadly pandemic. This has been made into a culture war, a deadly pandemic. And by the way, I got news for you folks. It's been discussed that the biggest problem is we don't have, we don't have enough testing in the country. That is a major problem. But that problem is only half of it if there's a second problem where the data isn't correct, where the numbers that are being released that are the numbers and the basis for which states reopen and how fast they reopen. If we don't have enough testing and there's false data going out, I got news for you. We're going to be back to where we started. So where all this started, when we had shutdowns in every state, well, not every state, but majority of the states, and we were house-ridden, and companies were laying people off, which is still happening, but I'm talking about when this all began, that's going to start all over again, probably soon. If fudged data is going out that deflates the true number of cases, I have a hard time believing or if tests are spiked, yes. I have a hard time believing that the Georgia Public Health Department is just making an honest mistake here twice. Oh, Lawrence Summers, back at it again. Lawrence Summers. And you know something, this is kind of a, um, a taboo for crises. You ever notice how through every economic crisis, and I use crisis kind of loosely because even before coronavirus, as they were saying, oh, the economy's booming. The economy's booming. No, it wasn't. We've been in a 30, 40 year economic crisis for most working people, just not for the bourgeoisie at the top screwing us. But you ever notice how when we are in like an acute crisis, the 2008 global financial crash, or now this, they bring back the same discredited corporate zombies like Lawrence Summers to give us advice on how to get out of it? You know, the same Lawrence Summers who helped push NAFTA through when he was in Bill Clinton's administration. The same Lawrence Summers who helped make Obamacare a giant wet kiss, I'll say, to the private health care industry. Same Lawrence Summers who uh, was instrumental in uh, normalizing trade relations with, chi with China, which is the very reason we don't have enough masks, ventilators, or anything manufactured in America because we offshored all our jobs to China, thanks to people like Lawrence Summers. The very reason we don't have a wealth tax in this country, because people like Lawrence Summers, who, by the way, Joe Biden's campaign is currently using as an advisor. So CNN, you know, it, it's similar to MSNBC littering the place, littering its entire network 
with former war mo- with warmongers that pushed us into Iraq, uh, they also like to litter uh, their airwaves with the very discredited economic thinkers that keep uh, the keep the economy rigged, that keep hourly compensation, as you see there, flatlined basically, as our productivity skyrockets, and basically keep the status quo going. I mean, that's America. We are the Titanic. We're sinking the working class as Lawrence Summers and the rest of his Neanderthal buddies keep popping champagne. So CNN had him on today. Let's hear his economic wisdom um, on how we get out of this coronavirus economic mess. This kind of uh, policy that's being suggested is an invitation to a catastrophic second wave. And yeah, I and, think and making people feel fun. perhaps even more afraid to participate in the economy. When, when you hear this report, look, you're someone who can, can tell us whether this is normal or not. This report that found the Treasury has spent very little of the $500 billion allocated for businesses and state and local governments. Is that troubling to you? Is that normal at this point in time? Does this raise concerns? Part troubling, uh, part less worrisome to me. It's a egregious error that we're not giving more money to state and local governments that are desperate if they're going to fight crime, if they're going to fight fires, if they're going to staff municipal uh, hospitals, if they're going to be ready for what's going to be a very difficult uh, hot summer. The failure to disperse money to state and local governments is inexcusable. With respect to uh, business relief, we've got to be very careful. And in some ways, the early statements of the Treasury were not careful uh, enough that we're doing it in ways that maximize the interests of the broad American people and not just the interests of uh, shareholders. Um, I think that it was a huge error on the part of the Treasury to give large grants to the airlines with no expectation of uh, repayment. And I think if we're taking some time to make sure that our financial support for business is done in a way that helps workers, that helps consumers, that helps the economy, and isn't a bailout to their shareholders, I actually think it might well be appropriate uh, to take uh, time. Uh, whether that's what they're doing with the time or not, I'm not really in a position uh, to, uh, to judge. But we certainly saw a certain amount of abuse in the PPP program, uh, rich think tanks, the LA Lakers mm-hmm. getting financial assistance and being careful to avoid those errors is pr- in the future is probably the right thing. Whether we're going to find the right formulas or not, I don't know. And frankly, the administration doesn't have a terrific track record. Um, yeah. But I'm and, prepared to judgment on that, but not on the failure to help state and local governments. <laughs> that might be the funniest thing I've ever seen and the most, most hypocrisy I've ever seen. Uh, Lawrence Summers, by the way, I mean, Trump's administration is very corrupt. Obviously, this, he called it $500 billion. It's really 
you know, reports have the, the first bill is really more like four to six trillion dollars because they could leverage uh, the money to corporations like 10 times. But I love how he called it errors. Like this was just a snafu, the errors of the money going to Boeing. You remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Nancy Pelosi called uh, this portion of the bailout bill, which was actually really, uh, thank you, Colin Tooley. I mean, it was just a bank robbery. Trump, McConnell robbed you of your money, framed it as coronavirus relief for working people. And Nancy, with, you know, Biden in the passenger seat, drove the Rolls Royce away. She's the getaway car. That's how government is. The Republicans steal the money and the Democrats, you know, enable them. They're the getaway car. Nancy Pelosi said, oh, no, no. The money going to Boeing, the money going to these big multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerates, it's just a pass-through. So I'm not making this up. This is what she said. I'll find the video for tomorrow. She called it a pass-through. It's just passing through the corporations, and they're going to give it to their workers. <laughs> well, go ask Boeing employees. Boeing just laid off employees. A lot of these companies that got free money from the government as you're losing your jobs and you're losing your uh, retirements and you're just struggling to figure out how you're going to keep the roof over your head and pay the other bills. They're laying off employees now. Boeing has and so have other corporations that got this money. And Nancy Pelosi knew that was going to happen. Chuck Schumer knew that was going to happen. Lawrence Summers knew that was going to happen. It's not an error, as Lawrence Summers called it. Quite the, op- quite the opposite. This is business as usual. What's amazing about this is Lawrence Summers, who's criticizing Trump and his administration for just diverting money to their donors and big corporations with no strings attached, he's the very person that told Obama to do that. He told him to do it with Obamacare, water down the legislation for, for healthcare companies. And when it came to the stimulus package, they gave all sorts of goodies to corporations that didn't need it. The 2009 stimulus bill, all sorts of goodies to corporations who did not need it. Yet CNN has Lawrence Summers on to pontificate on how we help the vast working class. You know how you help the working class, Lawrence Summers? By not selling their jobs to China, Mexico, and other countries. By not having NAFTA. By not pushing TPP. By not creating normal trade relations with China. I mean, just listen to Andrew Cuomo for a second. This just gives me a tickle. Listen to Andrew Cuomo in the beginning of this crisis talk about the lack of masks and PPE equipment. China is remarkably the repository for all of these orders, ventilators, PPE. It all goes back to China, which long term, we have to figure out why we wound up in this situation where we don't have the manufacturing capacity uh, in this country. 
Uh, I understand supply chain issues. I understand the cost of manufacturing. But uh, there's a public health reason, as we've all learned the hard way, why we need the capacity in this country to do this. Uh, but anyway, it all comes back to China. So New York has been shopping in China. We're not really China experts here. International relations is not what we do on a daily basis. I've been to China before. When I was Secretary, I did a trade mission with China. So I have a basic understanding. But we went to the Asia Society to help us uh, navigate China. Remarkably, Andrew Cuomo, by the way, that was when we only had 7,000 deaths. So this was weeks ago. We now are past 91,000 deaths, sadly. Remarkably, just how, how is it that China is the epicenter for masks and ventilators? How did, the, how did this happen? Basically, CNN, Larry Summers should be as disgraced on economic policy as Bill Kristol, David Frum, and all of these neocon warmongers are on war. David Frum should not be ever invited on cable news. Neither should Bill Kristol. And Lawrence Summers should not be given a platform because Lawrence Summers is corrupt. Because Lawrence Summers sole is one of the architects. And Joe Biden, by the way, has him as an advisor to his campaign, is one of the architects of the controlled demolition of the middle class by the United Corporations of America, right behind me. Those ghost towns in Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Illinois, keep going. Boarded up storefronts, closed down plants, closed down youth centers, closed down YMCAs. I've seen it all, folks. When I was at the Young Turks, I did a disappearing middle class tour. Would like to do another one for status quo. All of the, I mean, it's not just Larry Summers, but his policies certainly took a machete, took a machete to the American manufacturing. And now Joe Biden, forget the task force. I, I, I explained to you yesterday why the task force are even more of a joke. Wall Street donors to Joe Biden are laughing at us. Task forces, give me a break. But Lawrence Summers, uh, the American prospect, explained it. Summers, as Clinton's Treasury Secretary, promoted the financial deregulation that crashed the economy. Then after the collapse, he made sure that the banks got rescued while allowing homeowners to be thrown under the bus. As head of Obama's National Economic Council, he lowballed the need for a stimulus. He was part of the crew that pivoted too soon to austerity in early 2010. Summers was also, also the prime Clinton official responsible for the pressure on Mikhail Gorbachev to abruptly privatize state assets, leading directly to their appropriation by corrupt oligarchs. Summers' modus operandi is both to deny what he did or argued for and claim, claim that in any case, he has now revised his views. In emails and personal conversations with me, Summers makes himself sound like the second coming of John Maynard Keynes. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable the people that have status in this country and get invited onto cable news and get to write columns in the New York Times My own reporting, this is Robert Kuttner, indicates Summers not only plays a direct role, but has managed to insert close allies and protégés with Biden to argue against progressive policies, including his former student 
and frequent co-author Natasha Sarin. They wrote an op-ed trashing Warren's proposed wealth tax. By the way, it wasn't really Warren's proposed wealth tax. Bernie had a wealth tax before her, but like most of Bernie's platforms, she ripped it off. As well as Adam Looney, who served with Summers at the Obama White House and then was policy director of the Robert Rubin-sponsored Hamilton Project. So my point, folks, is we're screwed either way. We have, on one end, Trump's White House doing all these corporate bailouts. You got Nancy and Chuck going along with it. Then the Democrats put out a messaging bill that is basically, I mean, it's not direct money to you. It's $1 trillion to states. I've already explained why, hey, $1 trillion to states, cities, and towns. It might sound good, but oh, federal money to states always has that tiny little problem of half of it being diverted away from the end destination. 